I'm Eric Chapman, and welcome to Dispatches, the York Regional Police Podcast. York Region has significant road safety issues, but this is something we can all pay attention to to help make roads safe for everyone. We'll get into the information and programs, but first I'd like to introduce my guests. First, Staff Sergeant Doug James. What got you into policing? Oh, wow. You're jumping right back. Right okay, back. Yeah. I always wanted to be a police officer. Growing up, uh, going to high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do, the uh, the avenue I wanted to take. So coming out of high school, I went to Toronto Police because I lived in Toronto at the time and went to the recruiting and said, what do I need to do? I want to join your your service. And uh, they said, just go back, take more education, whatever you're interested in, then come back to us. And so that's what I did. So I've always had a yearning to um, serve my community. The, the job attracted me, just uh, the physical component of it, the excitement of it, uh, the unknown, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, really attracted to this to this uh, profession for a long, long time. Yeah. And why road safety particularly? So road safety was uh, an opportunity that came up a few years ago. It, I didn't think it was going to be on the radar. And that's a lot of uh, our careers in policing. You never know what's going to come up. You try and plan, you try and, you know, set goals for yourself and stuff like that. And uh, these opportunities come up and they present themselves and you got to jump. So that's what happened with me a couple of years ago is uh, this position came available and I was all in as soon as I heard about it. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Constable Todd Snooks, I saw you nod your head to that. Is, is Can you relate to that comment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, road safety is something that uh, was in my blood just based on my father's background as well. So uh, as a police officer and, and he was in uh, what was called traffic services back in the day uh, with Toronto services and then with York after that. Is your father a part of the reason why you got into policing in the first place then? Definitely. Yeah. Um, because it, unlike uh, staff, uh, I didn't have the desire necessarily right from a young age to be a police officer. It was in second year university that that decision uh, came to to be and and uh, definitely always had again that same idea where I love to serve uh, my community and whatnot and did a lot of volunteering leading up to this career. But uh, the career itself was a, a decision that was made in, as an educated decision. Yeah. Cool. Um, Sergeant Beatty, um, are you the most popular person in the building because you are the air support person? Only because we just got a new helicopter and everybody <laughs> wants a ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be asking for one after this, sure, by the way. Yeah. yeah. But what about you? Why did you get into policing? Uh, very similar. Yeah. Um, my father wasn't a policeman, but he always wanted to be. Uh, he told me it's, it's kind of funny when he stepped into a recruiting office in Toronto when he was a younger man, he was told, no, you're too skinny. Come back with a couple pounds of pennies in your pockets and, and no problem. But uh, he was a pilot, actually. Um, okay. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, but he always pushed me towards policing. And it wasn't that I didn't want it. He just, he pushed it. He, he knew it was a career that I'd, I'd probably be good at. I always had some, uh, some good morals, I think. Um, and he thought I could be a good impact on the community. So I went for it. I was pretty intimidated by the process when I was younger, but... Oh, how so? Just the, um, the, the, the immenseness of it? My impression of a police officer was uh, something beyond what I guess I thought I was capable when I was a teenager. Um, but no, I I threw my hat in and, yeah. and went for it and it, it all worked out. Now, do you fly the helicopter? I do not. Okay. No. We're probably just going to talk here about the helicopter <laughs> the whole oh, yeah. time. What is your role with the air support? So I'm the ops sergeant there. Okay. Uh, at the moment, I'm taking care of the administrative duties as well, but uh, I'm not a tactical flight officer. That's the uh, the officers who are assigned as flight crew. Uh, they work the police equipment. Uh, my role is to get them what they need to do their job properly. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay, so road safety continues to be an issue in the York region. What is the number one 
concern when it comes to road safety? Yeah, I think the number one concern identified by our community members is aggressive driving. So this is long, uh, it's been a problem for quite a long time. And aggressive driving includes speeding, includes following too closely, uh, accelerated lane changes, anything that's putting someone else on the roadway uh, at jeopardy or in danger. So that's what we get a lot of feedback about is aggressive driving. And then that breaks down into afterwards, uh, speeding, impaired driving, vulnerable road users. So you have your cyclists, you have people now on e-bikes, e-scooters, your pedestrians, uh, a lot of senior pedestrians as well. So it, it it's there's a lot of concerns for sure. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot going on in the roads. There's a lot of people using them and a lot more people using them on different modes of transportation. And so we have to look at all fa- facets when uh, we're dealing with road safety. I wonder, could we drill down into those vulnerable road users and who they are and why they particularly are more vulnerable. Yeah, sure. I mean, you named a few there, but maybe we get into it some more. Yeah, uh, I can take that one. In regards to, uh, obviously, the the three main ones are uh, cyclists, uh, pedestrians, and then also those that are on motorcycles. So, again, anyone that's not in a vehicle that isn't surrounded by metal, you know, doesn't have that protective uh, layer, per se, um, they're considered those uh, road users that are vulnerable. So, uh, and that the spectrum is, uh, you know, from the, you know, toddler in a stroller that mom's pushing right up to your senior citizen who's out for a walk, uh, whether with a mobility device or without. So, um, you know, a lot of the main concerns that we're seeing over and over again have to do with intersection related um, interactions uh, where someone is supposed to be crossing the road properly, but a, a motor driver isn't paying attention in the same way that they should be based on the rules of the road. Uh, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll highlight one of the big ones right now in, in York region Please. anyway is, is right hand turns on red lights. Um, you are allowed to make a right hand turn on a red light but it's still a red light. So you're supposed to stop first before doing that right-hand turn. And what we're finding a lot of with our uh, individuals that are getting struck, and and unfortunately we've had a number of fatalities, is based on that uh, Highway Traffic Act offense, is a, a driver is coming up to that intersection, the light is red, they're looking left to see if there's any vehicles coming. They don't see any vehicles coming, so they continue without stopping and there's a pedestrian stepping out or there's a cyclist coming up the side of them. So uh, that stop is required from a vulnerable safety standpoint. Would you encourage maybe cyclists to maybe pay attention to those scenarios a little more as well as they head into those? Because I'm sure there's not much they could do in certain situations, but maybe they could just have that heads up and know what they could be possibly heading into. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I'm both a cyclist and I used to ride a motorcycle as well. And whenever I'm on two wheels, I'm always thinking about uh, driving defensively, if you want to call it driving or cycling, but uh, you you just have to you have to approach every intersection a little bit differently. You have to anticipate. Okay, that car is going to turn in front of me. Where's my escape lane? How am I going to break? Where are the other people? So that you just have to look at it a different from a different lens and operate differently to protect yourself. At the end of the day, you can scream all you want that hey, I was in the right, but you know when you're sitting there in the hospital with a serious injury. It's still on you. Yeah, it's no different than any area of policing. Everybody's responsible. Yeah. Right. Everybody has to take uh, take that aspect of I'm responsible in this situation. What do I need to do to be safe? Um, you've created uh, the road safety unit and one of the units is major collision um, or major collisions. What is considered a major collision and why? 
Yeah, so major collisions are anytime we have serious injuries or fatalities, and they do a very thorough investigation, scanning of the scene, take all the measurements, and they look at the causational factors of those collisions. So that, and then also we have fail to remain accidents. Uh, those where we haven't arrested somebody at the scene and we're looking for someone, they'll take on the investigative aspect of those cases. So we have experts, uh, both the investigative side and then also the reconstruction side. So they can go back and they can do all the measurements, they can do the math, and they can tell us exactly what happened and when for that accident. So they can look at, you know, whose fault it was. That's a big part of it, obviously. And then following that up with evidence in court to prove a court case. They're able to use forensics so in depth that, like you said, when, like they're getting down to the second, maybe not the second, but even the timing of things happening they're really able to tell that? Oh, 100%. Oh, from, wow. Yeah, from the technology in vehicles these days when airbags are deployed and stuff like that, oh, okay. there's date and time stamps associated with things like that. So they a lot of times they can go back and know exactly when that happened. Okay, what are the other three units? Uh, so within road safety, we have enforcement. We have a regional enforcement priorities unit. We have partnerships and programs. And then we have an expert trainer. And they deal with all impaired driving legislation. And then they look after our speed enforcement program as well. Um, as air support, how often are you assisting road safety with issues or concerns? Directly, not on a daily basis, no. really. It's uh, when it comes to special projects like a race or um, when we're dealing with impaired drivers, that sort of thing. If we can be of assistance and we are, we're up in the air, actively, then we'll do our best to, to assist, help out. A lot of times with those types of, uh, those kinds of enforcement, you need some sort of plan to be able to stop the vehicle safely. So we provide that perspective. Uh, we're able to plan things from the air without being directly involved in interacting with other vehicles on the road. So we can offer the officers on the road uh, a better timing, maybe um, an opportunity to stop that vehicle or interact with the vehicle when someone's away from the uh, away from the wheel, maybe parked at a gas station, something like that. Won't wait till they get home. So we can just provide a different aspect. A different okay. Perspective. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you just got a new helicopter. Oh, tell me about that. First of all, what is it and why is it so cool? It's an Airbus H125. Uh, it's, it is the standard in policing. Okay. Um, it's, it's not a, a much larger helicopter than what we have, but the technology is all brand new. Our, our previous helicopter was an EC-120 and it was purchased in 2002. So it had almost 20,000 hours on it. It was still going strong, but the technology on board was quite old. Um, not that it couldn't be leveraged, but the new technology is just giving us all kinds of uh, advantages that we didn't have before. Can you uh, the, give me an example? Yeah, the, the camera yeah. sensor, its ability to, well, the clarity of the of the sensor, the camera, that sort of thing. Um, it's able to provide more evidence for us, uh, give a better description of what we're seeing from a suspect. We can identify vehicle plates a little bit easier. Um, so we can identify uh, a license plate better than, you know, an officer would have to get right up close to be able to do that. Uh, with the thermal imaging, we're able to see a lot more. It's just, it's a lot clearer now. It's, uh, the, it's a lot more sensitive and the, um, the integration between the camera, our monitor inside the helicopter, and what we call an augmented reality system uh, inside. Oh, please tell me more about uh, that. Essentially, that takes your live view and it uh, overlays a map on that live view. So 
picture Google Maps, but mm-hmm. live. Okay. Um, so we can tell you that someone's at, you know, 123 Main Street, and we know that because we can see that uh, that information right on our screen. Um, but with our downlinking capabilities, we can send that image directly back to headquarters here and pipe that image into our uh, real-time operations center. Anybody who's got access to a computer can pull up that image and we can provide, whether it's investigative uh, or it's an actual ongoing operation, we can provide um, live updates essentially. Um, But no, the helicopter's faster, carries more fuel so we can stay up longer if we need to. Um, What's a typical day for the helicopter? Is it up a lot? And do you, is it just York or do you share it with other regions and places and assist them? It's a York region asset. Uh, that doesn't mean that we won't share it. Uh, generally, if things are happening in, in our in our boundary regions, uh, we want to assist those agencies as well because if they're a problem, you know, in Durham, Toronto, Peel, OPP, there's a good chance they could become a problem for us too. So we want to make sure that we get that issue off the road, um, you know, dealt with as, as best we can. But Primarily, it is in York Region, assisting uh, our frontline officers and our investigators. Um, you know, a typical day is we're, we start around 8 o'clock in the morning. That's that's the shift start time, and we expect the aircraft to be operational from 8 o'clock until shift's end. Um, it generally transitions into a night shift. We'll have a new crew come in uh, at six o'clock in the evening. But yeah, that's that's basically it is be ready for any call at any time. Yeah. And like with real time crimes, like we're, we talk about stealing cars and theft and not this level of that, but the speed seems so valuable when it comes to that helicopter and the reaction time. Yeah. We can go from the east end of the uh, region to the west in a matter of five minutes. Yeah. Wow. So it, yeah. it, it is That's a bit helpful. of a game changer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, um, I wonder, a lot of this is education. So I wonder, do you have any um campaigns or examples of ad campaigns that you run or you've had some pretty good success with? Definitely from a, a partnerships and planning of programs. Um, we work a lot with uh, our partners. So uh, the region itself, um, each of the municipalities, nine municipalities within the region, um, as well as, uh, you know, uh, groups and, and agencies like MAD, uh, York Region, as well as, you know, Arrive Alive and Parachute Canada and all these types of organizations right from a national level down to a, a, a municipal level uh, with types of programs as far as educational side. So um, we, you know, we mentioned earlier the vulnerable uh, sector of uh, uh, those that are road users and you you have, you know, e-bikes and e-scooters sort of, and, and many other modes of transportation that are new to Ontario, let alone Canada, um, that, you know, manufacturers are creating and putting out there, um, that need rules and regulations and education on. So, um, as a a clear example, the, the e-bike and the e-scooter, um, you know, e-scooters are for 16 years old and above. But there's a lot of parents out there purchasing these for their 10 and 12 year olds as gifts and putting them on them with and without helmets, but they're not even supposed to be on them. So, um, you know, and then where do they ride them, right? Are they on the road or are they on the sidewalk? Are they supposed to be on pathways? Are they supposed to, you know, so it's that education piece that we're trying to get out and we're doing that through uh, joint uh, partnerships with the region and the municipalities and these other groups. Yeah. Do you see a lot of success with things like that? 
Yeah. And in a lot of our initiatives, we try and look at the different factors, right? So we look at, uh, is it an education? Is it an enforcement activity? Is it something that we need to go back to the region and look at uh, the infrastructure, uh, how things can change, how things can contribute? So we take all of this information into account and then develop our programs. A lot of it used to be in print and now obviously the shift with everything going on the internet. Um, so we're, lo- we're looking at social media campaigns to follow along and, and media campaigns to follow along with our enforcement, our education and uh, and other activities. Oh, so you are active on social media, Twitter. So not directly okay. our unit, but we go through our corporate communications. Well, of course, of course, yeah. but you so will leave do. it to the experts there. Yeah. <laughs> They're way better than well, I, I don't know why I'm here then. <laughs> so you do, you are active on uh, like all the social media and you do have a steady stream of information going out there for people to find and yes, yeah, search 100%. it out. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm um, studies show that slow and steady wins the race, but street racing is thing you even mentioned it there that's it's, it's it's happening often um what is project erase and why is it needed it's eliminate racing activity on streets everywhere it's a joint forces operation or project that we take on every year so we work with services across the gta and we get together we do a lot of planning and uh, enforcement together in education so we'll go out to the car meets we'll go out to the events and we'll do the education component walk through um, engage with the participants let them know you know, hey, we're out here. We want you guys to be safe. Um, here's some things that you can do to make sure that you're not breaking the law. This is what we expect of you. And also, a lot of us are car enthusiasts. So we want to get out there and mingle with them and say like, you know what, this is a really cool car. It's awesome, but it'd be great for the track, not the street. Right. So so there's that component. And then talking about air support, just phenomenal tool when we get into stuff like enforcement. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of car meets late at night that branch off and uh, obviously so they're getting into street racing activities, burnouts and all that kind of stuff. Can you We've describe seen that, on social that, media. that sort of scene? What's like, yeah, when you say a car meet, like are they parked on a dirt road somewhere or are they downtown or are they on the highway? Like yeah, where they, they? they sort of go all over. Okay. Yeah, they okay. migrate to different areas and uh, sometimes they'll do the intersection takeover. Sometimes it'll be in an industrial area. So they'll switch tactics to try and get away from us. But, uh, but having the air support unit there is phenomenal because we can get a picture of what's going on real time and then we can formulate a plan and react to that. How are we going to go in keeping our officers safe, making sure that the, the participants are safe as well? And then how do we deal with the people who are committing those criminal offenses? So all of that together and working together, that's how we tackle it. Yeah. And well, as mentioned, you're probably getting, if there's cars there and you can get the more accurate picture of the license plate, I mean, that's probably valuable too for when you swoop in and come and just save the day. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there there are tactics that the... Um, the street racers will use to deter police from entering a, an area or um, literally blocking a parking lot or, or a street so that officers can't get in. They can't block the helicopter, which is fortunate. So we can identify, you know, a, a dangerous driver, some sort of criminal activity. We can allow them to disperse and then plan our own takedown, whether it be 15, 20 minutes, two hours or two days later, uh, we can deal with that issue ourselves. Uh, we'll use the recording as evidence. Um, we'll, we'll turn it over to traffic to complete their investigation. But yeah, we are able to increase officer safety, um, public safety. Uh, it's it's a good tool to A, let the community know that we're out there and we are doing our best to enforce uh, the, the rules of the road, um, criminal behavior that might be taking place on private property, that sort of thing. Uh, but additionally, it's a message to those who would use the, the streets in our highways 
for some sort of criminal behavior uh, that we're watching. And uh, we do have the tools to to gather evidence against them. Um, do you have do you use online portals or anything like that that people can access for more information on road safety? YRP.ca, there's access to a, a, a plethora of information as far as uh, road safety goes, including vulnerable uh, road users, as well as cycling information. Um, it also has uh, the avenue of reporting. So uh, there's two different main avenues. One is the road watch program, which is specific to, um, you know, if you have detailed information, uh, plate numbers, concerns with, you know, actual offenses that are taking place, whether criminal or even Highway Traffic Act based. And then, of course, there's community based problems. So if you have a problem on your the street you live on, and again, this is not just urban, but also to your rural sectors. Uh, you know, if there's a problem with speeding on uh, on a section of road where where you live, you can report that. You're not necessarily saying I know who's doing it, but you're saying this is an issue here, and uh, so it's a broader uh, area to uh, report it. Uh, those types of uh, offenses. Um, so messaging around uh, a race and and uh, modification of vehicles, and then obviously going into your you know. Your uh, September timeframe is when you start working towards your Operation ABC and the school bus aspect and getting back to school. And again, that vulnerable pedestrian, uh, making sure they're able to get to where they need to safely. And so it moves throughout the year. And then, of course, we've just come out of uh, our uh, ride program, our festive ride program, which runs November to uh, March and uh, obviously deals specifically with impaired driving by drug and alcohol. How can the helicopter assist in, say, an impaired driving situation? Well, we have the benefit of being able to observe strategically, um, generally unobserved. So we can, again, to go back to the advantages of the equipment on board, with the camera that we have, we can observe a vehicle from a very long ways away. We can maintain observation on that vehicle without ever identifying that we're there, we're anywhere near them. Uh, So we don't we're not going to be in the same position as someone on the front line in a marked vehicle uh, indicating that the police are onto them and instigating a driver driving more aggressively, attempting to flee, uh, engaging in pursuit, that sort of thing. So, right, because it's kind of just a time game. Well, in a way, like you, you want to just kind of stay away, don't spook them, and you can do that very well, just hover way above and monitor where they're going and sure, keep and track of things. it's going to come down to the characteristics of... Uh, the driving behavior. Okay. If it is extremely dangerous, maybe not high speed, but a driver is all over the road, um, someone who's passed out at an intersection, that sort of thing, there may be a need to interact with that vehicle sooner um, for public safety. Uh, but if if there's a perceived belief that that driver would try to flee or escape uh, from police, then we can use the helicopter again to strategically follow. We're actually um, a part of the um, pursuit procedure as an alternative to pursuit. So, Okay. Um, How can the general public be more involved in road safety every day? Yeah, what we ask the general public to do is report. Let us know. Uh, we treat impaired driving as a life-threatening situation. So we have a Safe Roads Your Call program, and we encourage people to call 911 if they see an impaired driver and report it right away. We know that uh, impaired driving kills, and we want to put a stop to it as soon as possible. So we encourage the public to assist us, be our eyes and ears, uh, work with us. It's always community and policing together. It's never one or just the other. So we're always asking them to uh, to let us know and uh, engage with us and, and bring us into those situations and let's put an end to them.
Officer Snooks? Definitely, uh, you know, road safety, as I've already mentioned, is everyone's responsibility. And uh, one of the things that I would encourage uh, is obviously the reporting side, not just in 911, but that road watch program, the community uh, program that's there online uh, for reporting. Uh, anything that uh, is cons- is a concern for, for safety on the road. Um, on top of that, I would encourage people to be involved uh, from a volunteer standpoint with our partners. Well, how so? Right. Um, well, we have MAD York Region. We have uh, Arrive Alive. Uh, and, you know, and, and a lot of these groups are always, especially nowadays, are seeking those individuals who will step up and be part of helping make their community safer. So um, I would encourage that as well. Um, what role does... Um technology or advancements in technology play in road safety? Yeah, a huge role, huge role for sure. Um, There's always new gadgets coming out, if you want to call them that, new tools. And uh, we're always looking at York Regional Police to make sure that we do have the the latest and cutting edge technology at our disposal. So we do have new intoxilizer machines that are coming out. We're going to be doing some training on them shortly. We have uh, some other ASDs, which are approved screening devices. And uh, those are coming up probably within the next year or so. And then we just got uh, fleet-wide. We've been equipped with the ALPR system, so the Automated License Plate Recognition System. Oh, okay. So all of our frontline cruisers now, over 250 across the region, have these cameras, and they're built into the in-car camera. So there's basically two lenses in that camera, and it's constantly monitoring all the license plates, and it's comparing it to a list that we get from the Ministry of Transportation of Ontario. So that list will include stuff like suspended drivers, revoked licenses, uh, people who are on driving prohibitions for impaired driving. And when that license plate triggers or hits, it's going to alert the officer in the car and it's going to say, hey, take another look at this vehicle, confirm this information. We think there's something up with the the driver or their license or whatever it may be. So we've had phenomenal success with that program so far. It's only been in operation fleet-wide since I think it's the beginning of December. And it's amazing how it's assisting with road safety. Yeah. Can you tell us some of the major differences like in the the, the car itself? Because it is a tool in an office, like it's a whole thing. Yeah, it, it is an office. It's an office unto itself. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, technology in there. And uh, having been in policing, uh, you know, a number of years, uh, I've watched it go from a little tiny monitor screen that looked like an Atari game uh, to, um, you know, a laptop. And uh, and the, the ability to uh, get information immediately and interact with each other as well as again like this air support unit um canine uh our eru unit and whatnot that information is right there at your fingertips and it just uh, makes uh, the job more effective but also safer okay um we all have a role to play in safe roads uh not just the police as it's been mentioned a couple times in this conversation so i'm just gonna say don't drink and drive or use drugs when you drive there's plenty of alternatives transit uber taxis call your kids call your parents i can't think of a person in the world that would get a call at two in the m at two in the morning with someone asking for a ride home when they're impaired and that person being angry with them <laughs> i think everybody would appreciate that would you agree oh 100 yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. so i'd like to thank my guests for their time today i appreciate it very much and for dispatches i'm eric chapman <laughs>